Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, the show dedicated to the private investor, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. We want to show you how to cross the divide from residential investing over to commercial property investing. Through interviews, tips and lessons learned, we share experiences of investing and give you the inspiration, knowledge and confidence to enjoy this great cash flowing strategy. So let's get started. Welcome back to the CPI podcast. I have a slightly different episode for you this week. It was inspired by another podcast, mainly residential, I came across about the 10 worst tenants they've ever had. So I've put together a list. It isn't strictly the list of the worst, but more the oddest or worst experiences with customers over the last 20 years. There are even one or two lessons in there. You learn to get a pretty good sense of smell when dealing with customers. It comes with the experience and it's difficult to teach. Some of these situations we should have known better and we have got better. But when you're starting out, make sure you keep up the due diligence and build the right contracts and systems to allow you to keep control. If you're part of our advanced network, you'll get a copy of our license agreement and any future updates. It covers a lot of these eventualities. So some of these are specific customers and some of them are more sort of general things that happen in our interesting world of office space, storage, warehouse and all the other different things. And as you know, in the podcast, I talk quite a lot about containers, maybe not as much as I'd like to, but I mean, I love the container storage business, but it is sometimes odd what people will do. And we've had a number of times where they stop paying, we can't get hold of them. They've effectively disappeared. They've maybe moved house, the phone's been switched off, they went bust or whatever, and we've got a container full of stuff. And that's one of the challenges. Sometimes you end up with a container that is um, not only generating rent, but also is going to cost you money to empty. And one that sticks in my mind, though, is of a container that we emptied at one point when a customer hadn't paid for, I can't remember, it was maybe three or four months by the time we got around to opening up this container. And it was full of all the equipment you needed for a commercial bar and kitchen fit out, all still boxed in the container. And we went through a due process and all the rest of it. And in the end, we ended up selling off some of this stuff and keeping some. Ironically, we opened a restaurant a few months later after selling this stuff for half the price it should have been. But anyway, there was somebody who left a container that was only costing them less than £100 a month with thousands of pounds worth of kit in it. I don't understand it, but that's happened a few times. I'm sure some of you have seen, what are they called, container wars or stuff. And it's true, sometimes people leave a lot of stuff in a container. Sometimes, though, it's just full of crap. (laughs) But (laughs) it's just the luck of the draw, isn't it? So anyway, that's the first one that's a bit odd. 
Um, another one that we've had recently, not too long ago anyway, is fisticuffs. We've actually had customers going at it. Bizarre, but it happens sometimes. I don't know why people get worked up. They sometimes bring things that are happening outside into work and then it erupts. So yeah, that does happen. And <laughs> this is this is an interesting one. I wasn't sure if I was going to put this one in, but I think I will. I probably mentioned this on before the podcast, but I've never had an office for myself. Even though we've got hundreds of offices, I don't actually have my own office. It's just a bit too expensive to use an office myself when I can rent it out to someone else. But what I tend to do is use the co-works or shared space in the different buildings or sometimes the office that's in that building. But one time I need to get some work done. I needed some quiet space, right? So I found a vacant office and I got set up, got the internet going. I'm working quietly away when I hear some sort of noise from the office next door. And I'm like, what's that? And after a minute or so, I know what the noise is. And I find myself going a little bit red. A couple are only having it off next door. (laughs) I'm fairly sure they were not husband and wife, but rather boss and employee. So I left fairly quickly thinking in the back of my mind, do we need to have a rebrand from Liberty Space to Liberty Towers or something? (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Thankfully, it's only been once I've come across that. But yeah, it does happen. Uh, another one, um, joint ventures. Sometimes customers end up doing joint ventures together because they're in the same building, they get to know each other, but they maybe don't quite get to know each other enough. And I remember one time sitting in a meeting room, quietly um, working away with some colleagues, when there was some screaming and shouting in the corridor. And basically, <laughs> this joint venture had gone wrong and somebody was screaming and chasing the other one down the corridor and out the building. So sometimes joint ventures don't go right. That was an interesting one. And and over COVID, this is the fifth one, over COVID, and I guess this kind of worked for us, right? But we ended up having, obviously, a lot of our customers working from home. But we got a new customer. And they had a proper caravan. <laughs> and they ended up, for I can't remember how long it was, probably a month, six weeks or something, basically... They used the office, internet and everything during the day, fine, and they had a caravan in the car park. (laughs) That's where they stayed. I guess in normal times, that's not something we would do. And it did give us some presence during COVID where there weren't always people around. But just an odd one. Very odd. Six to eight weeks, I think it was, they were there. And they just parked up, worked, did their thing, and that was that. So there was another odd one. This is a tenant that never quite became a tenant. So we learned quite a lot from this one. This is where we got an inquiry. Somebody wanted some space. Then they wanted more space. Then they wanted loads of space. And they kept doing these viewings and talking up all the stuff they wanted. And of course, as I said back at the start, sometimes you start to get a good sense of smell. And I just, I was at a distance from this one. I thought, something doesn't smell quite right here. So I checked up on Google, and right enough, this person had just come out of Her Majesty's service, and basically what they were trying to do was get us to do a credit check on them. Because you need permission to take anybody's or do a credit check on anyone, right? And we didn't do that. We just checked out on Google and a few other things and said, actually, we declined to take you on. 
and they went through the process. Oh, you must have done credit checks. Da, 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 da. You need permission for that and try to sue us. And um, thankfully, we had a lawyer involved and very quickly and swiftly it was dealt with. But this was someone who never became a tenant, but taught us about that thing about your nose. It's just, it's bizarre. Some of the things that go on out there and people trying to uh, get one over on you, as they say. So this guy never had an office. He actually set themselves up with a virtual office or in, in other words, used our address very quickly without our permission. So it's just bizarre. But these are the things that you just start to learn from as you, as you go through this um, interesting career in commercial space. So this is not a specific customer, but we have had people leave in the middle of the night. It's not usual, but some of them do. They just up and leave. And you start to see the signs. Maybe they've not been paying. Maybe they've been paying late. Maybe they've been paying in bits and leaving lots of stories and things. And actually, they can just disappear overnight. The best thing is when they leave and you've got a good deposit is that you're covered and they take all their stuff. The worst thing is they leave, you haven't got enough deposit, you can't cover the cost, and the room's still full of crap. Thankfully, we've learned about that over the years and try to keep an eye out for that sort of thing happening. It might be by um, checking every now and then if they're, che- they're picking up their mail, checking if they're using their space, what's their space like, <laughs> are there um, sheriff officers turning up because somebody is needing some money from them? All these little telltale signs come up. But what's interesting is that some of them, a couple that spring to mind, have, have left, owe us money, right? Haven't paid it. And then a year, two years later, they come back to the door, bold as brass, and say, do you have any space? Not in a care in the world. How are you doing, old friend? <laughs> it's like, uh... Maybe you could settle up the last bill. <laughs> it's crazy. That's what people do sometimes. By the way, something I did learn from this was that one or two customers who are not paying but are using all the plausible stories and they communicate directly. This is not just with us, but they communicate ahead of time with creditors. And whether the story is true or not, but basically have a way of communicating with creditors that provide plausibility about where they're at and why their financial situation is where they are. And they get leniency from creditors. But creditors who don't get contacted, who don't hear anything from a customer who's got their head in the sand, they tend to act much more quickly. Just an interesting lesson. So this next one, I haven't really said this one very much, and this is back to my residential career, so it's not quite commercial. But at one point I rented out a house, right? I did up this house, Took me ages, got it all nice and whatever. Did a few viewings and this lady and her child came in, probably about eight, I think, something like that, eight or nine. And they they seemed plausible. Paid the deposit in the first two months. Rent, it was in cash. Maybe I should have paid attention to that. It was over 15 years ago. (laughs) It turned out she was a lady of the night. (laughs) Oh, what fun. So it ended up, um, I ended up getting phone calls from neighbours, not that they really knew who I was, and from the council, this person got an ASBO put on them, it was all the stuff you can expect, Um, they didn't pay the rent, they got the, the, because they were getting housing benefit, they got the housing benefit paid directly to them instead of to us, on and on it went, of course here I am slipping down this horrible route of trying to um, get somebody evicted from a residential property, which even back then was difficult. 
And it was going on and on, months with no income. Some of you might relate to this, maybe not with somebody with this profession, but nevertheless, struggling with getting somebody to move on who's clearly not going to pay the rent and is pocketing the money from the council. And um, I was talking to the lawyer one day and about this case and blah, 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 as part of the other things. And I just asked, I says, by the way, who's dealing or acting on behalf of the other side? Just in case I knew them, right? Small place. And he said, oh, he said, oh yeah, it's so-and-so. And, I, and I, I thought, huh. So I phoned up so-and-so. <laughs> and I said, um, is Jerry here? How, how are you getting on? Oh, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, um, how are we getting on with such? Cause if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. He was doing some work for me. How are you getting on with such, 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 such? Yep, yep, fine. I said, by the way, you do know that I am Jerry Alexander of Liberty Properties, which was the name of the business at the time. Liberty Properties. And the phone went quiet, very quiet. And then after a while, he says, um, oh, that might be a conflict of interest. I said, yeah, I think it probably is. <laughs> and I kid you not, within three days, that tenant left the property. I mean... What's going on in this world, right? You can make of it what you like. But basically, the frustrating thing about that is it's all shades of grey, isn't it? It's the people you know. And so by being a customer of that lawyer, he recognised that, and this is me putting assumptions together, he recognised I was already a client. It was a conflict of interest. He obviously had a conversation, probably said, it's about time. I think you've got as far as you can now. And she was out. I mean, it's ridiculous. But anyway, yes, I wonder how many of you can put your hand up and say, yes, I had a lady of the night renting my house. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> anyway, so moving on, um, back to commercial. We, we had a customer in one building who was a very, I'm sure, a very competent and very active health and safety officer, right? <laughs> so we had a, an older building. It needed some work doing to it, which was ongoing. So you can imagine, you know, it was interesting conversations. And this individual was known to do weekly checks. Every week, they would go around the building, be seen by customers. Every now and then, a customer would chase them out of their room because <laughs> he's in doing safety checks. I mean, what? And then once I went in on a Saturday, and guess who's up a ladder? poking around above the ceiling tiles. And would you believe, with no bollards, flashing lights, or additional safety personnel around the base of the ladder, anything could have happened. <laughs> this was, I mean, it was such a character. It was really interesting. I just walked past it. Oh, how you doing? And carried on. <laughs> His face went very red. The thing I often thought about, though, was that 
there was another building we'd bought. It was before this, to be fair. And in that building, um, in the fabric of the building, was built into this room was a safe. And the building was, I don't know, 60 years old, maybe 70 years old. So I, I don't know what it was originally there for. It was the only unit that had a safe in it. But it was literally built into the into the structure of the building. And this particular room was not very well decorated. It was pretty grotty. And there was just some racking in there. But in this safe, the pest controller who rented that unit was apparently storing his arsenic. <laughs> So every time I saw this safe, I mean, to be fair, they moved out fairly quickly, right? But every time I saw the safety officer going on doing their weekly checks, I thought, what would they have made of arsenic in the building? <laughs> anyway, the last one, I have to put in a special slot for lawyers. We've had a few over the years as clients, and not all lawyers are the same. But more than you would think are incredibly difficult to deal with. And believe it or not, one has left us owing quite a lot of money. A lawyer! Can you believe it? The deposit covered some of the money, but not all of it. It was one of those ones where you were, we were getting plausible stories. They're a lawyer, for goodness sake. And um, we felt, you know, we should be okay here. In the end, we had to get them evicted effectively. And I'm not saying that all lawyers are the same, as you can imagine. Though they all have their opinion on the licence agreement and would like changes, always, <laughs> to how the words are written. Um, so lawyers have been interesting for us. Definitely not saying they're all the same. There are many good lawyers and we still have some very good lawyers as tenants right now. But there's some there that have got a name for themselves. It's been quite interesting. Not what you would expect from a lawyer. So there's my ten. Containers left with odd materials and items in them, fisty cuffs, people having it off next door, um, JVs that go wrong, caravans in the car park, tenants that don't become tenants because they're trying to get one over on you. Some do leave in the middle of the night, a lady of the night, health and safety officers and lawyers. God bless them. There did seem to be a common theme there on one or two of those and I did get through without mentioning sex. Well, almost. Now, don't bother coming up to me and asking who these different people were. And if by some strange inflection of the universe, you're one of the people I mentioned and you're actually listening to this podcast, thanks for the inspiration. And don't worry, your identity is safe with me. So I'm sure I've missed a few out. And if Linda's listening to this, I'm sure you'll have a few more, Linda. But bear in mind, I have deliberately left out one or two of them. <laughs> anyway, what customers are always doing is teaching us ways to make our contracts better and how to improve the system in our business. For instance, our license is 18 years in the creation. We're still adding to it all the time. And 99% of our customers are fantastic, helpful and fun to be around, okay? So if you're getting started, don't feel you have to stop. This isn't everybody. <laughs> it's always good to work around people who are busy creating and on the odd occasion there's even a business that really grows and you can feel a bit of pride that you had a part, even if it's a tiny part, to play in their evolution. There are some fantastic success stories and I wish you all the best customers. But if you do get the oddball, do let me know. I could add them to the collection. It's all part of the rich tapestry of working with other humans, which can't be avoided. And over the years, we must have had well over a thousand commercial customers. We should add them up, but it'll be over a thousand. And the number that don't work out is really small. So don't worry. Get out there, gather some great customers and some great stories. 
Catch up with you next time. Hi there. I hope you're enjoying the content delivered on the CPI podcast. Even though it's free to listen to, it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode. Did you know that by leaving a positive written review, you, yes, you will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast. And that's really important because by reaching a wider audience, it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week. For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be a first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.